And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome to Seven Fifty-Five is Real. How's everybody doing? I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer at the Athletic. I'm with my co-host Eric Flaherty, former Braves reliever. What's going on, Eric? What's up, Dave? Not much, man. The uh, what do you think of the NLDS? Do that was not or the wild card series rather the uh, AL and NL wild card series. Neither one of them went three games. I thought that was pretty wild, but I think also the format kind of lends itself to that. Teams got to go quickly on the road and play a really tough team, you know, in front of a hostile crowd, obviously that's fired up. So uh, you got to overcome some obstacles to win that thing, but. Um, they, uh, you would have hoped one or one or two of them would have gone three. I know the Braves would have liked to have seen the Phillies play three games uh, and have to use one more pitcher before coming in to face them in the division series. Yeah, I mean, it even I was thinking about it today. I was like, man, it sucks having two days off, and there's not, but there's no way you could move the series up if they ended early because you have to plan for the off right. day and. You know, that part of the advantage for the home teams is setting your starters up. So that'd throw that off. But it's definitely weird having that much excitement in two days and then no games for two days. Yeah. I don't know. There's not really any way around it, though. They've compressed it as much as they can. And, uh, yeah, you can't can't move a playoff game on short notice like that. It's just logistically impossible, much less – much less uh, what it means to the fans who plan so long to go to these games and in and, and many cases are planning to travel to them and fly and stay in hotels and all that. So, But anyway, uh, it's still much, much better than a one-game wild-card wild yeah. elimination game, I think. And uh, and uh, there weren't any any huge surprises in this. I mean, I guess you could say the Twins is a surprise because they had lost 18 straight playoff games, but that was a really weird streak. You knew it had to end. These are not the same guys. Obviously there's only a couple of them that really were part of much of those losses. And uh, that crowd in Minnesota, by the way, was jacked up, man. It was second only yeah. to Phillies. I, I thought among the loudest crowds in the, in those games. Philly looks like a different level than, than you, than any other park so far is even I don't I don't think anything was even close to that. I mean, did you see that yeah. video of Bryson Stott's home run with no uh yeah. it was just stadium audio? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me that, a little bit of San Diego last year when San Diego was finally lit, you know, for yep. the home crowd. You had things to get excited about. They had the Dodger series throughout the year and then they had the postseason where their crowd was going crazy. But yeah, Philly's a you know, it's a hardcore, long-time sports city where they've really done a lot of suffering over the years, and they got some good teams now, and they get behind their teams. I mean, they're the the city and the crowd itself kind of mirror each other. It's kind of a 
I don't want to say a blue collar crowd because it's hard to have a blue collar crowd with the price of admission yeah. to these games, but it is the closest <laughs> thing you're going to see to a blue collar crowd in baseball. There are plenty of blue collar people there and, and just, uh, just a crowd that, I mean, they're not there to, uh, to see and be seen, you know, because it's the hip thing to do. They're there because they're hardcore fans, most of them. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, you can you can just tell by the amount of hands you see up in the air as soon as that ball leaves Stott's bat. Yeah, there's nobody that's reacting to the crowd reaction like these people know. They're they're watching every pitch and every play. And you like the stadiums that are loud. You know, I'm and I gotta give Brave fan credit too. Like that wild card game we played in 2012, I'll never forget Medlin's first pitch strike. The whole stadium just erupted. Yeah. But stadiums yeah. like that where you're like this, you know, you, you have some stadiums where it's just kind of the thing to do. Like I felt that way with the Seahawks in Seattle when they started blowing up. You'd see people around town they're wearing Seahawks jerseys, but they probably couldn't name five players. Yeah. It's not like that in Philly. Yeah. It's yeah, that that contract they gave Bryce Harper ends up being one of the be- one of the few great long term deals that has already paid off. Yeah, exponentially, um, he's become the core of that team and kind of its heart and soul. Uh, they've got they've got a few guys like that though too. And the, the Schwarber edition was obviously great. Trey Turner's playing well. They got it. They're tough, man. They're tough. Uh, yeah. I should say. Initially, I said there were no real surprises in that first round. I should say there was one real surprise. I think we both picked the Rays to beat the Rangers, mainly yep. because the Rangers' bullpen has been so bad. But the Rays just, in every conceivable way, fell on their face from on the field and off the field. That was embarrassing to see fewer than 20,000 people pay to see a playoff game. And Immediately, you had some people try to do the apology thing to, to apologize for Tampa Bay for the area by saying, well, when you have a game at three in the afternoon, come on. Minnesota played at the same time, and that place was packed with 40,000 people. Same yeah. time. But they don't I have just think baseball, I mean, it's hard to get baseball going in Florida for whatever reason. I mean, both it teams is. down there. It is. It's really hard. I, I just think I, I think they made a decision. They made a mistake staying there because uh, unless you were going to build a stadium in Tampa Bay in the Ybor City area, I think it was a mistake to build it in St. Pete again because of the difficulties of getting over there. Uh, but this really even surprised me that they drew. I mean, I thought for a postseason series when they've got a good team uh, with a chance to advance, that that was just weak. That's just weak, man. Yeah, yeah, and that takes but, away. Anyway. I mean, that's. If you saw, like, if you watch the games, you see a lot of guys do uncharacteristic things. Solid players, yeah. the ball or bobble ball, and do those things. Having nineteen thousand, I mean, that's like a that's a June on a Wednesday game in ninety percent of the yeah. parks at worst. They didn't. I saw that the Rockies averaged more fans for the season. Their average attendance was higher than they got for a playoff than Tampa got for a playoff game. And Rockies' average was not high. No, and they've been bad. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to be Braves, better than that. The Braves' average attendance was more than double the size of Tampa Bay's playoff game. Their average yeah. attendance at Truist Park, which only seats like 42, 43,000 capacity, and that's with standing room only. Yeah. They averaged over 39, the Braves did, fifth highest in the majors. Their average was twice what Tampa Bay drew for a playoff game. That's insane, man. Anyway. 
Threat Fester surprised me. The other ones did not. Um, and now we get down to the nit and grit, nitty gritty, and these are just going to be some really good division series. Yeah, and I know everybody wants to talk most about the Braves Phillies, so we'll get to that one first. Um, you know, I wrote a story, and I know Chipper was really frank in it, and he said we could be we could be in a better spot, as Chipper says. <laughs> but he wasn't saying he didn't like the Braves' chances or whatever. He's just being honest. He's being candid. He's not being all rose-colored glasses. And by that, he just meant the Braves would be in a better spot if they had their normal pitching lined up. If if Charlie was, was pitching in this series, if Freed wasn't coming off inactivity for the for the blister on his finger, they would be in a great spot. I mean, if the Braves were coming off this, were coming into this series with the Phillies coming off the Walker series in which they used Wheeler and Nola, and the Braves had lined up Freed Strider and Charlie Morton, I wouldn't even hesitate to say the Braves are going to win this. They're absolutely going to win this series. But that's not the case, man. You know, and the, and the day off, while it helps the Braves, because it could potentially give Freed and Strider each two starts in a five-game series, it also helps the Phillies a little bit because yep. they burn those two guys in a wild-card series, but they can bring Wheeler back for game two of the division series and only have to use Ranger Suarez, you know, one of their non- co-aces, if you will, for game one. Yeah, and he did well against the Braves, I thought, last year. He did. He did. He pitched real well against them in the same situation a year ago in game one. I'll get to that. He's pitched well against them for the most part during the seasons. Um, in the last couple of years, kind of kind of switched that around. They, they hit him a lot earlier in his career, but he's pitched well against them. Um, I, I don't want to say it's a must win because there's never a must win until it's an elimination game. But this is about as close to a must-win as the Braves have faced in a non-elimination game, I think, because you can't run Strider out there who's your one healthy, no question about it, ace going in. Freed should be fine. I mean, he was coming off the blister, though. He hadn't pitched much at all in the last three weeks. But Strider goes in, top of his game, healthy, and is the better pitcher between him and Suarez, obviously. And has absolutely dominated the Phillies throughout his career, with the big exception of last year's NLDS when Strider was coming off the oblique strain and yep. went himself and faded in the third inning. And the, and the Phillies rocked him in the third inning. The Reese Hoskins three-run homer, the bat slam that lives in infamy. Um, but Strider has dominated this team like few pitchers have ever dominated any team during the regular season. 8-0. 190 ERA in eight games, including seven starts. I mean, it's just an absolute domination. So they've got to win this game because you can't afford to go down 0-1. All of a sudden, you've if you lose the game, you've pissed away the home field advantage that you battled for six months to get. Yeah, That's gone because now you've got a four-game series and you're playing one in Atlanta, then two in Philly, and then having to win there to get it back to a game five in Atlanta. So this is a must win, don't you? Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, I, I just I think that it you obviously can't go into Philly down one. I mean, uh -huh. down two, but even splitting with them um, is better. But I mean, I'm just watching them how they're playing at home. I'm not saying their crowd's right. going to affect the Braves. I'm just saying how their crowd is boosting them, the way they're playing at home right now, and that atmosphere that they have, and they're feeding off. You really want to. I mean, if ideally you want to go in there with a two-zero lead, just because it's it's going to be tough. Yeah, 
Yeah, and you, and you, yeah, you can't, and you can't go down 0-1 because then you're coming back with with free. Like I said, coming off a coming off that that blister. I mean, he pitched fine the other day in the scrimmage game, the exhibition, the uh, not exhibition game, but the uh, inter squad game. But he pitched four of his five innings with a band aid on his finger. They let him pitch the first inning without it just to see how it would feel. Then he put it on it to protect it. And that's fine. So, you know, he wasn't quite himself in that game because he's pitching with a Band-Aid on his finger. But now you're yeah. taking that thing off. And, and while you think he's ready to go, you're not going to know until he gets out there and still in game situations, game intensity, spinning curveballs and sliders. And so we'll see. And and also you can't let him stay out there too long, I would think, if he starts to feel anything on it because you got to bring him back and have him ready because then if you lose him in the division series, then you are really in trouble in a division series. I mean, what a pain in the ass a blister can be. You know, I mean, just all this shit you have to think about and manage and figure out. And the fact that he hasn't gotten to – I mean, he's Max Freed. If he's healthy, I believe in him. But it's just a matter of, you know, not having pitched much in basically a month. It, it definitely – I mean, it, it just gives you – I think just when, when it's your own team, you're a lot more nervous about the, the flaws that you have. And even this, uh-huh. this isn't a flaw. It still just makes you more nervous and you're giving more credit to the fact that he hasn't um, pitched as much and you're worried about roughs and things like that. But, I mean, he could come out and just be himself. Yeah. I mean, he's that type of guy and be completely fine. They could be up 2 nothing in two games too. But it's just it's just something that makes you nervous when a guy hasn't thrown a lot in over a month yeah. or the yeah. last month. They've got to be comforted by the fact or, or uh, encouraged by the fact that he pitched so well coming off long IL stints before. That game in Chicago, you would have never known that he'd been on the IL for three months. He pitched great. I couldn't believe so, that start. Yeah, I mean, he comes out and pitches well, then then Braves are looking good. And let's get, I mean, let's not overlook the obvious that that it makes the Braves the favorites in this series regardless. And that is, they've got arguably the, the greatest lineup in, in baseball history i know <laughs> or at least in about a century maybe since the 27 yankees i mean they're that good and yeah. you can't pick against a team that has a lineup like the braves have where they have guys in the bottom half of the order with over 20 homers and you know close to 100 rbis yeah no i mean i think it's just and that's just i think natural instinct is to kind of be protective and cautious with your situation but they i mean they were a juggernaut all season. There's no reason not not to believe in them. Um, yeah. And it's not like the Phillies kicked the shit out of an amazing team. The, the Marlins were good. Right. But the Phillies were better and they were at home. And I think it's just hard not to get wrapped up in that energy. And, I'm, I mean, I'll admit I did too. I looked at it like, man, this is going to be tough. But at the That's same the time, <laughs> I mean, they beat the Phillies all year. They they are the better team. I mean, they, sh- they should win this series. And don't forget, they won – Four out of five games. Yep. Uh, what, 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 I have to I have to go back and look at the record at Philly this year, but they played well in Philly. The Braves played well in Philly, and um, the, and and don't also don't don't uh, give the short shrift to Truist Park for atmosphere because that place they really impressed me, especially in the postseason run in twenty one to the World Series. That place was second to none, man. I yeah. know Philly has kind of taken it up a level a lot in a lot, the view of a lot of people with how loud it's been. But that the Braves atmosphere surprised a lot of people from around the country who are used to kind of the, the non-sellouts at Turner Field for some series, you know, a couple of decades ago. They were kind of uh, it's not they didn't have high expectations, let's say, for the Braves atmosphere. 
but it's night and day compared to what it used to be. Truist Park is sold out. I mean, they sold out 54 of 81 home games this year, regular yeah. season games. They sold out midweek games against the Brewers. You know, they sold out. It didn't matter. It wasn't like the rules applied like they used to where when school was in session, the Braves drew 20, 25,000, you know, on a midweek night. They were selling the place out. So, and it's loud. And they do that, you know, say what you will about the Tomahawk Chop. I know a lot of people are going to say, you know, whine about it, bitch about it around the country again when they see it. Oh, they're still doing this. Well, yeah, they're still doing it. And it is it is something imposing, man. When they turn the lights out and there's 40,000 people doing that with their lit phones, whether <laughs> you like it or not, it's something. It's a force. <laughs> you know what's funny about that is I got so – you kind of get numb to it um, when it's on your side. But when I came as a visiting player and they were doing the chop, I was like, damn, this thing's kind of sick. Like, it just – you just feel it a lot more as a visiting player when it's going on. And, it, it, yeah. you know, it's one of those things that just kind of reemphasizes that shit's either not going your way right now or it's looking like it might not. And the crowd's getting into it. And, you know, it's during, like, a pitching change late in the game. They got a rally going. Um, I definitely felt it a lot more as a visiting player. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt. It's – uh. And, you know, the Phillies, uh, unlike most teams that the Braves play, the Phillies are going to be obviously very used to it because they got it. Yep. They got it on, you know, all the home games. I mean, all the games they've played the Braves here at Truist Park in the last few years. Uh, so they're gonna, it's not going to surprise, you know, the likes of Wheeler and Nola and Suarez or whoever. Uh, well, it won't be, it won't be a Nola because he'll be pitching game three in uh, Philly. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So, anyway, it's uh, I was asked here. Will P says, "Do you think Atlanta and Philadelphia are the two best teams left?" It sucks. This is isn't a seven game series. I agree. Yes, I do, and I think this is a prime uh, argument for reseeding the the yep. playoffs after the wild card series. I, you have to. Don't you they know? do that in the NFL? Don't yeah, they, they do something do. like that? They do in the other leagues. They've got to reseed. The, they've got to reseed it because it's just not right that you play all year. You have the best record. You beat the Dodgers. You have the tiebreaker over the Dodgers. It didn't even come into effect because you won like what three more games than the Dodgers. You beat and they the have Dodgers an out there. You beat the Dodgers out there three out of four, and then the Dodgers play the Diamondbacks and the Braves play the Phillies. The Phillies are a far better team. And here's the other problem with it. Here you got two NLDSs, and they're both intra-division matchups. Yeah, yeah. Where you could have the Braves playing the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers playing the Phillies, 
in two very attractive but non-intra-division matchups get teams that haven't faced each other 13 yeah. times that year. So that's really weak. That This is a great argument for why that should be redone because, I mean, I'm not just, I'm not, I'm not just saying this as a, for the Braves' sake. It's just not fair, though, when you are the best team. You have proven it for six months. You should get the worst seed play. that makes it to the, the division series. And you got to play the best team left other than – I mean, you could argue these are the best two teams left in the entire in the entire 18 field. But definitely – I was thinking about it the other day. Like, I don't even know if I'm going to watch after this series because I think this is it as far as, like, I don't think there's going to be a better matchup this postseason and a better series to watch, you know, with the two fan bases, the history yeah. last year. The way they match up, I mean, they match up pretty similarly with just power offenses. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, yeah, the I'm more excited great. about this series than any other matchup you could draw for me. Although the Dodgers-Braves, let's face it, would be a, the same. We'd be saying the same thing going into that series. It should be a tremendous series if those two teams advance. Just because yeah. how many times they faced each other in the postseason in recent years. The fact that both of those teams won a World Series in recent. I mean, and then obviously the Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts against. Olsen and Acuna, Acuna against over Mookie Betts now for MVP. All those factors, all those, uh, all those sidebars. I mean, Freddie coming home, and <laughs> it, it would yeah. be a uh, yeah, that would be a tremendous matchup. But it should be the it should be the Phillies playing the Dodgers right now, and the Braves facing the Houston. I mean, I'm sorry. The, the there's break. not even a, I, I just can't think of a reason now. not to be able to do that. Like it, there's not a reason why you can't. Yeah. Especially when you've changed so many other rules of the game yeah. that have been significant rule changes. I mean, you're telling me you can put a, 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 a fucking ghost runner on second base to start an inning, which I don't have a problem yeah. with actually. And you can, and, and you can make, uh, uh, the bases smaller, but you can't reseed the, the playoffs. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I had a pitch clock. I mean, I watched a couple clock, old yeah. playoff games yesterday because I was bored, and those games were such a slower pace. Yep, they, they they've made fundamental changes to the game, is is what we're trying to say. So that would be a small thing. That's not even a, a change in the game itself, you know. And a good thing. So, yeah, and a good thing. I and think it will thing. happen. I really do think it'll happen because you're hearing it from a lot of quarters. Not just you know from Braves fans who are who are, have a right to be pissed off, and from the Braves who are not complaining about it because you'd look stupid if you did as a Brave. But um, there are there are plenty of rational voices and and observers around the country saying that that things should be reseeded. The only good thing I'll say about it, and it's not really, I mean, on purpose, but I'm glad we're getting this matchup because. Yeah, I wanted to see these two teams match up in the playoffs again after last year. And if the Phillies went and played the Dodgers and got knocked out, yeah, that would suck. I tell you what, man, if the Philly, if the Braves beat the Phillies without Charlie, and then they add Charlie, they'll uh, they're not going to be on cruise control because this team doesn't have that personality. But they are going to be such overwhelming favorites to advance. I think, uh, yeah, you know, I, 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 they would be. Getting Charlie back and provided Max Free gets through his starts, start or starts healthy in the in this series, they would be sitting really pretty going the rest of the way. I, I think they're gonna have a tough time, tougher opponents on this side of the bracket than they would in the World Series. I mean, I don't think the AL has a as an, a, an opponent that would present as big a challenge to the Braves as either the Phillies or the Dodgers will. I really don't. I agree. I don't know. Maybe I just don't watch the American League as much, but it it, it feels like 
it feels like these two teams are the biggest obstacles. The Astros are not the Astros that they've been in recent years. They're still really good. They, the first five in their order are dynamite, but they're not the same team they have been. The pitching's not as good. They were a, a pretty flawless team a couple of recent years. And well, you have Verlander team. and Garrett Cole. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, they're not like Good that. luck. Good luck. Um, Brad, it's his greatest lineup aside. They need to show up and produce DOB. Well, yeah. That, well, no shit. I mean, <laughs> has this team not? Have they done anything this year to make you doubt them? I mean, you can't yeah. doubt a team that's won 104 games and pretty much has answered the bell every time they needed to. I, mean, I think the only thing you can doubt is the layoff, you know, how that affects them. But Yeah, exactly. So I mean, that's the only thing I could think of that would give you injury, reason to, to wonder the about the team. But they, they delivered all year. Right, the pitching injuries. I mean, they just came at a bad time, and the bullpen, is, the bullpen has had its struggles. I, I documented this in, a, in something I, I wrote yesterday. Uh, I think I had the Phillies bullpen in September got so much better and the Braves went the other way. The Phillies had the fourth lowest ERA, bullpen ERA in the majors in September. The Braves had the fourth worst. It was like literally twice. The Braves was five, five, four, five, five. It was like twice what the uh, Phillies bullpen ERA was in September for those who look at that. And I know this is different. It's postseason and all that. But I'm just saying Phillies bullpen was really tough down the stretch when the Braves were really struggling with a few of their guys. So, they're going to have to write it's, that. It's hard to look at anything that's happened, you know. It's such a different game now, you know. It's it's hard for me to look at how anybody's really trending, especially the Braves that have been – they've had it clinched for however long. I mean, the teams that are fighting to the last minute if their bullpen sucks, I'll buy it. But yeah, it's tough to really think anything carries over. And then you add a five-day layup, layoff on top of it. Kind of like yeah, a no reset. Doubt. Yeah, no doubt. I gave the the Braves a chance to get the, those guys some real rest. They pitch in these games, these inner squad games. I think that was a great idea. They weren't the only ones that had them, by the way. The Dodgers had. I saw that a picture from a Dodgers inner squad game yesterday, and the Braves at least drew uh, quite a few more fans than the Dodgers did. I mean, you're fighting LA traffic, I know, but they had like nobody at those games, man. I saw the uh, the Orioles were doing it too. Yeah. You have to. I, I can't imagine any team's just going to sit around and take BP for five days. Yeah. Yeah. The, that, you know, last year, the results, I think after the, after taking a lay, nobody knew what to do last year. Cause it was the first time they had this with the addition of two more walkout teams. So everybody kind of looked at the results and said, okay, we can't do that again. We got to do more than just come out and take some, some uh, BP. You know? Yeah. Because Dodgers and Braves both got upset, right? Yeah. San Diego yeah. took the Dodgers out. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. They learn, they learn that stuff gets around teams do the same things and all that. But, uh, yeah, I was going back just to make sure I was right about the the Braves at, at Philly. They won at Philly this year. Remember, they went down the stretch there and had that big series in September where they clinched, started with the doubleheader. The Braves won three out of four in that game, that, in that series. That was September 11th through 13th. And it was after that that Philly really got on its roll that it's been on since the middle of uh, since, since September 15th. They've been on a good run since then. Uh, but the Braves went in there in that last time in Philly and won. Now, they lost the series to them at home down the stretch, but the Braves had already clinched. This was in that week after they clinched, and they were just kind of putting it together. You know, the hangover series in Miami. Then the Phillies come to Atlanta and win two out of three. But I'm I'm discounting those games. That did not mean a whole lot. So when it mattered, the Braves won in Philly this year. They went, uh, what, uh, four and one there. Five and five and one there. So. 
for what that's worth. And those were some big crowds too, by the way. It wasn't like, like the night they clinched. It was a loud Philly crowd the night that the Braves clinched. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were fighting for a spot. Eric, your personal preference, this is from Talon B, your personal preference, would you pitch Elder with A.J. Smith-Shaver or Wright following, or would you go with A.J. Smith-Shaver followed by Wright for game three? I'm starting Elder because he's earned it, and I'm having a short leash because, and I'm telling him why. You know, you tell him you haven't been that great, you know, as of late. You haven't had the same stuff, but you've earned it. And if he gets in trouble in the first, I'm probably double-barreled down there with one reliever to get out of a jam and another guy to go after he's done or vice versa. You know, I mean, I think you just have to do the playoffs like that. But I mean, Kyle's yeah. looked decent and AJ looked good. But yeah, it, it always – I mean, it, it's tough because that recency bias or whatever you want to call it of seeing a guy pitch well in one game versus – you got a whole work for you know a whole body of work from a season. It's hard to, it's hard for me to trust somebody that hasn't shown me a ton. You know, a one game or two games doesn't mean a shit ton yeah. to me. Going into the postseason, you got to go with the guy that has been pretty damn good and had a decent season, even if he struggled lately. And then you take those recent struggles into account and say, if this is going to turn into one of those, we're not going to let it, you know, we'll get him out of there right. quick. And I'd, I'd probably back him up with Kyle and just tell Kyle, Hey, you might get hot in the first inning. So go down there loose. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. I can see doing it either way. Personally, I've just seen enough of elder down the stretch to see, to realize unless he flicks the switch and gets it. And, and this rest period has helped him. He's not the same pitcher he was that earned an all-star break and, and he earned an all-star berth. He does long, He belonged on that team. He was awesome the first half yeah but he slowly faded down the stretch and it really was not even close to the same pitcher and we've talked about this he's a guy that's the margins are slim with him he's got enough good enough stuff that when he keeps the ball down the zone and he can get double playgrounders almost at will he can beat anybody but he starts missing up in the zone and that 90 mile an hour fastball gets crushed yeah and that's the thing that makes it especially tough is philly has those lefties that can go oppo off him yeah. You know, you could get somebody hot and be down three nothing before you get a chance. But I, you know, with him, I also trust that he's not going to be overwhelmed by the situation. Yeah, where yeah, it's, it's hard. No doubt about that. I know Kyle's not either, but Smith Jobber. I mean, you've seen only seen him a little bit. He strikes me as yeah. one of those guys too, but he doesn't have a lot of big league time, and you haven't seen him in these kind of atmospheres yeah. to, to give no. him the ball to start a game. Um, no doubt, no doubt. He made his first start, I think, in Arizona, and it was not very good. Um, he is not, he is most of his good stuff has come at home and in games that weren't crucial, but nevertheless, his last couple of hours, his last outing really impressed me. I think it was against the Cubs. That was a pretty big one. Yeah. And he, he looked good. He's learned yep. a lot in his year down in, you know, half the year, three quarters of the year down in AAA. He's really learned a lot. Kind of like Wright did that year when he came back up and pitched so well in the world series. Kyle, I have. I feel so good about in big situations that I think he can he can he can uh, out pitch what we've seen him you know from from him yep. earlier this year that I think he'll rise to the occasion. I mean he's he's really he's pitched well in postseason and big games in the past. Um, I don't know. I can see both sides of that argument. I'd almost feel better, but as long as you got as long as you let Elder know and you and you are committed to doing a quick hook. Yep. And if he gets two or three guys on base with one out, get him out of there. Don't let him give up a three-run bomb and change the whole complexion of the game in a hurry. 
because this Phillies team can hit a three-run bomb in a hurry like the Braves can. And the scariest thing about it is you're almost going to be sitting there like, well, he does get all these double play balls. <laughs> right, right. You know, like he has a lot of those innings where you let him get in trouble and then let him work out of it. And I don't, I just don't know if you can. And he hasn't. And he hasn't yeah. in the last couple of months. That's yeah. blown up in its face too often. So that's why I've, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know if I trust him on a game three start right now with the current condition that he's in, but we'll see. Um, you got a, you got a, you got a first round, a first game matchup. That is Strider against Ranger Suarez. Remember Strider coming off the oblique a year ago and before a raucous crowd in Philly. He was dominant through two innings. Remember, he was like, okay, he's fine. He looked great. He was striking out everybody. And then the Phillies just blew that game open in that third inning that really catapulted them to the World Series, man. They scored six in that third inning, five of those off Strider, charged of Strider, including Reese Hoskins' three-run homer when he slammed the bat. And that was kind of like what lit, I thought, Philly's whole postseason. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if he keeps going like that, then there's not really going to be a story to tell. Um, I thought they hit him so hard, so fast out of nowhere. I yeah. thought they picked up a tip on him. That That's how quick that, that uh, inning unraveled. remember watching Stott take a really close fastball up that nobody seems to lay off and then just lace a breaking ball. And I thought, man, they're – they might have a tip on him at this point, but I, I don't think they did because I went back and watched the video and he had lost like four or five miles an hour that, that inning, right. and that's a game changer yep. for him. Yeah, And that's not going to happen this year. He's not going to throw a 94-mile-an-hour fastball down the middle. If it's down the middle, it's going to be 98. Yeah, he's coming, he's coming into this series healthy, man, He's and he's on top of his game. He's learned a lot. He's a smart guy, and he's pitched so great against the Phillies. I thought he got his revenge, if you want to say, in that clinching game at Philly, he pitched that game and he pitched great. And that was a huge atmosphere. Crowd was going crazy. You know, he's facing them in front of a hostile environment for the first time really in Philly since that division series. And he responded in a huge way. So I thought he got that monkey off his back there that, uh, you know, and he's going to be facing that at home this time. He is, it bears repeating his stats against the Phillies. Regular season, he is 8-0 with a 1.90 ER in eight games, including seven starts. That's domination you just don't see, especially against a good team. No, and th- he can get Trey Turner out, which the Braves struggled with a lot in the past. You know, I don't, I don't think the, I don't think, I think if you have a bad playoff start against the team, though, I don't think in your own mind the monkey's off your back until you do it in the playoffs. I don't think anything that happened during the regular season really right. is going to satisfy him until he goes out and has a good start uh, tomorrow. Yeah. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Um, so they could have tried it for games one and four and freed for games two and five. That would leave the big question mark in game three, which we already discussed. Uh, for game one, the Phillies are without their one, two, their lethal combo, Wheeler and Nola. And Nola, I know he's CRA this year is not anywhere what close to what it was last year, but he's still obviously a big game pitcher. 
Yeah. He has, his stats in big games. I saw Matt Gelb, our guy, our Phillies writer, put his stats in big games the other day, clinching games. Oh, my God. Man, he's, he's pitched great in his last, like, three or four clinching games. Uh, so just kind of dismiss that ERA this year because he's still Aaron Nola. He's still a guy that, is, that can pitch really well. So, but they're without him for games one and two, and that's why you know we said Rangers Juarez they need to capitalize on it. Ranger has a uh, two nine one ERA and six regular season starts against the Braves over the last two seasons, just one win in, the, in three decisions in those. But he's pitched well. That doesn't include the postseason. He faced them in game one last year in the NLDS. That was also in Atlanta. He gave up three hits and five walks in three and a third innings, but only one run. The Braves didn't capitalize. That was on a Travis Darno homer. Yep. Break one that yeah, game seven that to six. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, the Phillies won that game um, seven to six. That was when flu weakened Max Free, gave up eight hits and six runs, four earned in three in the third innings. He just wasn't himself at all. He had, gave, he had lost 15 pounds in the, in the week, a couple of weeks leading up to that, and uh, wasn't the same at all. So that. That this this blister thing is a far more manageable situation than what that. I was, was just thinking the same thing. I'd much rather have a blister than be down fifteen pounds. Yeah, I mean, he just didn't have it that day at all from the first pitch. So Suarez, uh, in his only start against the Braves this year, gave up four hits and one run in six innings. That was a four-two Phillies loss at home in June. Regular season games, these are matchups uh, against the Braves. Austin Riley is 6-for-15 against him. It's hit 400 against him with a homer and two doubles. Ozzy Albies is 3-for-15 with a homer and six RBIs. Ronald Acuna Jr. and Marcelo Zuna are each 3-for-13 against him. And Matt Olson is 3-for-14 with two doubles. The only other two guys with 10 or more plate appearances against Suarez, Travis Darno is 1-for-12, but that doesn't count that postseason home run. Right. And Michael Harris is one for eleven against him. Wheeler, yeah. he's from, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Wheeler's from here, Atlanta. He's always pitched well against the Braves. It seems like he's from a suburban Atlanta, Paulding County, just outside of uh, Atlanta. He uh, he's got a he's twelve and seven with a three one eight ERA and twenty seven career starts against the Braves. Six and two with a 2-6-3 ERA and 13 starts over the past four seasons, 2-0 and with a 3-3-2 and 3 this year. So it's a tough matchup against Wheeler. Anytime he faces him, he's he's an ace, man. And this guy, yeah. he talks about just easy gas. The guy throws upper 90s and looks like he's just throwing BP. He's playing father-son catch, and the gun says 97. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's elite, man. He's moved into that elite category, I think. The only question with him's ever been is his health. You know, I mean, that was even the his departing comments from the Mets when the Phillies signed him was, you know, the guy turned two half seasons into two hundred million or whatever his contract turned out to be. Right. And he, but anytime he's been healthy, this is pretty much who he's been. Yeah. And yeah. that start that he made was uh was pretty dirty. He he looked he looked like an ace, you know. And I think he would have had that same kind of hype and everything going on with him when the Mets had Syndergaard and uh, DeGrom and Harvey and all those guys, but he was hurt a lot when yeah. the, somehow yeah. the Phillies he's gone there and he's been healthy and he's been an ace since he got there. And he throws the tough thing about him is he's so tall. He gets a lot of extension. He throws that easy cheese. He throws that fastball down the zone that looks like a ball and then stays up uh-huh. right at the knees. And then he's got that dirty breaking ball. He, uh, he's, that, he's tough. 
Those numbers against the Braves do not include last year's postseason when he gave up three runs in six innings in game two. That was the only game the Braves won in that series. That was Kyle Wright and three relievers combined for a 3-0 shutout. Yep. It was the only Braves win in that series. Yeah, I I wish that the more I think about it, the more, you know, it is kind of tempting to just throw Kyle out there. Because he's had he has had that knack. You know, I think early in his career I kind of saw that deer in the headlights look and kind of discredited him, but then he figured it out. Yeah. And postseason, he's been great. You know, I think if he's throwing the ball well and healthy, I'd just either have him on tap or maybe even give him the start. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the Braves do. It really is. Um, let's go through real quick our division series picks before we wrap this thing up. Uh, Were we fifty percent on the on the wild card round? Was it fifty or seventy five? Uh, didn't we pick everybody right but the Rangers, or did we pick the Twins? I thought like, I picked. I thought I picked the Brewers. Uh, I might have been. I might have been one for four. I thought I picked the Brewers, Blue Jays, <laughs> Phillies, and De- and. I didn't pick the Rangers either. <laughs> and Rays, yeah. We, I know we yeah. both picked the Rays. Anyway, well, let's try it again. Yeah. Uh, Phillies, Braves, we talked about that at length. I'm going to go I'm gonna go Braves in five. Yep. Yeah, I'm going Braves, but you lose some hair in the process. <laughs> uh, Diamondbacks, Dodgers, uh, there's no way the Diamondbacks beat the Dodgers in a five-game series. They might win one game. No more than one. So I'll go Dodgers in four in that one. Maybe a sweep. It could be a sweep. I'll go on Dodgers in three. Then we got Rangers, Orioles. Uh, yeah, the Rangers pitched really well against the Rays and didn't have to lean heavily on that bullpen, but they are going to have to lean on that bullpen in a five-game series, potentially against the Orioles. Orioles are clearly the better team. They're – they got a nice lineup. They got a really good and solid pitching staff. I'd really like the vibe around the Orioles. They seem like the it team in the AL side this year, if not all yes. the baseball. I'm taking the Orioles, and that could be a sweep too. I'm three or four games. No, no more than four. I'm going four. Birdland's a tough place to when when that team's playing well. That's a tough place to play. So it's got a lot of the same vibes as Philly. Yeah. Then the Twins and the Astros. Twins shot their wad in the. Uh, Winning division series, uh, they got to go up against an Astros team that's tough. Not as good as the Astros have been in the past. I think the Twins will probably win a game, but I'll take the Astros in four in that one. Maybe goes five, but probably four. But I'm taking the Astros in that one. I'm going to go Twins just to go against my gut because my gut took me nowhere in the first round. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go Twins in five. Sonny Gray right. is nasty. Yeah, no doubt. Well, it's going to be interesting. This is uh, these are some good, really good matchups. Uh, it's tough, man. It's a tough, it's a tough ride for the Braves, but they have. I mean, we're so close to it that you kind of, you kind of look for the things that could go wrong or whatever. But you got to keep reminding yourself, as people that have only seen the Braves, you know, sporadically throughout the year when they play the place when they face their team or they've been on TV or whatever. You got to remember, you got to look at those numbers and realize, holy shit, man, that lineup is crazy. And they're all yeah. healthy. That's the big thing. I imagine, you know, we're worried about the pitching being healthy, but imagine if you'd have gone into the postseason with either with one of your really huge guys like Acuna or Olsen hurt. That would be a different look for that. I mean, the lineup would still be really solid, but 
obviously you couldn't do Acuna. I mean, he you he's he's the he's the proverbial straw that stirs this drink. But those yeah, guys, he's go, the MVP. <laughs> yeah, and those guys go in healthy, man. You got the home run and RBI leader from the major leagues in the middle of your order. You've got the National League MVP at the top of your order that just did forty seventy. And, oh, yeah, you got guys like Austin Riley and Ozzie Albies who are going to get MVP votes. Austin Riley could finish top five or six in the MVP race. Those are yeah, all in the same lineup. It's just – it's like personally I'm nervous because I know what I want to happen. So you're thinking about ways you could get your heart broken and trying to be protective. You know, I mean, it's not like there's – this. They, I don't think there's a series where – I mean, you could have an actual all-star team and you'd still be looking at your flaws and things that could go wrong because I think that's just human nature. And but I as far as like – you I, couldn't take a better team. <laughs> They're the best team in baseball. I didn't even mention Ozuna. Who, yeah. since, who since May 1st has been about as good as any hitter in baseball, or pretty close, who finishes the year with 40 and 100 after his April where he hit under 100 and OPS under 400. 40 and 100. Yeah, he had a – I thought that was cool what Smith said about him, just saying he couldn't give up on him. Yeah. So, anyway, you got a lot of reasons to, to – to, that feel good about this Braves team's chances. And uh, and I think if they get past the Phillies, I really like their chances to win a second World Series in three years. Phillies are a huge obstacle, but if they can get past them, I think the Braves are, are, could do this. They really do. Especially if they get – if if Freed's blister thing turns out to not yeah. be a thing after this round, if they got it yeah. under control. And then Charlie comes back healthy. And even if – honestly, the, a huge thing could be if Kyle has a good – However, right. he gets into these games. If he goes out right. there and looks locked in, yeah. that really changes how you feel about things, too. All right. Well, we'll do another of these uh, early next week and uh, probably from Philly after they play a couple of games here. Uh, games one and two in Atlanta, Saturday and Monday. Remember, there's a day off on the on the NL side of the bracket this year in the NLDS. Last year, that, that day off was after game one in the ALDSs. And it's solely because the MLB doesn't want all four series being played on the same days and no games being played on travel days. So they staggered yeah, like, after staggered like after the last two. And uh, so there'll be an odd day off after game one. Games one and two in Atlanta, then a travel day Tuesday. Then you got three and four. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, they would be in Philly. And then you'd come back if necessary for a game five on next Saturday in, in Atlanta. I really can't wait. I'm excited about this. You know, it's going to be fun to watch. Yep. All right, everybody. We appreciate it. Thanks for all the questions and uh, comments. And uh, we'll talk to you guys again next week. 755 is real. We are out. Mm-hmm.